Hi, hey everyone. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast with your favourite podcast guest, Alicia Latoya. And today I have a highly, highly experienced um, recruit, recruiter with us. And he's more than a recruiter, actually. He's um, Adrian. He is a technology recruiter. He's got over 10 years experience. Um, He actually started his career agency side as a sourcer, and he worked his way up to become a team lead um, before leaving out to do a little bit on his own contracting. Is that correct, Adrian? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, once had sort of reached the top of where I could go in the agency that I used to work for. I just decided to leave and, and do it for myself and sort of became a solo recruiter for hire, basically. Oh, goodness. So what, what I find really fascinating about you, Adrian, mm-hmm. is that we kind of started similar-ish, like in agency recruitment. Sure. So you were at Digital Gurus first, Correct, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. And I was at Aspire, that was my first agency. Yeah. Why did you get into recruitment? Uh, father-in-law and uh, my wife, um, girlfriend at the time, actually said to me, well, basically, my, my, my father-in-law's best friend is really successful in recruitment. Um, he had a focus on education and uh, legal. Okay. Uh, so he'd built and sold um, some recruitment companies, um, which are still going. Um, so my father-in-law had um, exposure to that. And then my um, wife, girlfriend at the time, was also in recruitment. Um, right. She was in education. And I was just sort of at a point where I was just sort of, I'd, I'd finished uni. Um, I was a bit lost, didn't know really where to go, mm. what to do. I knew I wanted to be successful and make money. Mm. So my father-in-law and, and, my, and my girlfriend both said, why don't you try recruitment? So as with everyone, kind of yeah. fell, in, fell into it, basically. Yeah. What did you study in um, uni? <laughs> uh, business management. Do you know what? I, I did a business course as well. Yeah. You know, did you, Any regrets? Do you, do you feel like it yeah. was helpful? No. 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 I'm completely honest with you. Like, and some people may disagree, but for me personally, I found uni a waste of time. I st- really? I, yeah, I started with um, com- com- uh, computer science, um, which n- now that I recruit technology, yeah. sometimes I feel like I should have carried on. But for me, mm. I, I just couldn't get my head around it. Mm. After a year, I changed, changed tact and did business management. It was definitely more suited towards me. But that specific course, everything that I... Um, that they were teaching, I knew from self talk. Really? Yeah, like what? Like what? What type of things did well, you know? It was it was things like how to write a business plan and okay. you know um, uh, SWOT analysis and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all sort of stuff that I being really interested in business from a young age, I really self taught myself all, that, all those sort of things. Mm. Um, so yeah, when it came to doing things like dissertation, like I had a business plan already from those of ideas that I had. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a. Uh, uh, like a group uh, assignment, mm. which was to write a business plan. So I said, guys, look, look there's one, there's one already done. And we... Oh, you, you were that person in the group that I wish I had <laughs> all the time. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah. So for me, uni was a little bit of a waste of a waste of time. And do you know, it's because I didn't, I didn't do the whole uni experience as well. If I could right. go back, I, I stayed at home. Oh, that's true. Yeah, what exactly. what uni did you go to? Because I didn't really want to go. I didn't really want to go to uni. I went for my for my mum. Basically, my mum wanted me to go to uni. Which one? To, uh, sorry, London Met. Oh, yeah, exactly. you really did. Yeah. No, I didn't do the whole uni you thing You didn't properly. do it properly, that's the thing. So if I could go back, I'd go away. Yeah. Um, and get the whole experience around, even if the course didn't end up being anything that you know, mm. I could use, 
it's got the uni experience, but I didn't even get the uni experience. Mm, mm. Um, so I'm not saying don't go to uni, but for me, it was it was a waste waste of a time. Okay, so less yeah that's another thing but it comes at your salary your salary every month and it yeah. burns but um let's take it back a little bit right sure. so growing up i know i heard that you said that your mum you went to uni because of your mum what was your kind of influence growing up and what were you kind of taught in regards to like education and careers um education first get your mm. papers get your papers get your papers that was that was sort of drummed into me from my mum's side and my dad's side mm. um my mum went to uni in later life. Mm. So I actually remember my mum going to uni. Like she would take me sometimes. Um, oh really? Yeah, not to the not to the um, classes, but I would she, when she would go and meet her uni friends, she mm. would take me. I was mm. a, I was an, an older child. Um, and they were all like early twenties, my mum was like mid thirties or late thirties. So um, I remember her going to uni and uh, and doing it. So uh, she actually beat me to it, so she's actually the first one in the family. <laughs> to, oh, that's to go, weird. Yeah, to go to uni. I was the second person. Um, so, yeah, from early age, it was just education is really important. All through mm. high school, my mum was just like, education, education, education. But I think through high school, um, I was a bit of a daydreamer, to be honest. Really? Yeah, so um, I found it quite hard to focus, really. And I know that sort of got my mum's nerves a little bit, but got there in the end. Mm. But I, I had to apply and push. So, like, when you were growing up, was it a thing where your mum said, you're going to be like this when you grow up, Adrian, or, like, you're going to be a doctor or an accountant, or was it just educate yourself? Just educate yourself. Do what you want to do. Mm. Like, she wouldn't force me to be a doctor or anything like that. Mm. Um, she would ask me, like, what do you want to do? Mm. And then she'd be like, okay, cool, go and... What was the answer when you were younger? Oh, it changed, like, every other year. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing I remember was uh, architect. That was one that stuck around for a, for a long while. Two years? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I remember being like 14, 15, 16 because I wanted to be P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting that. You just, you just wanted to be a rapper, basically. No, 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 P. Diddy no, specifically. No, I wanted to be behind the, behind the camera. Oh, is yeah, it? I wanted to be an executive. I didn't want to be a performer or anything like that. I okay. To, yeah, I wanted to be, that's why I said P. Diddy. I didn't want to be a... It can still happen, though. No. I'm, no. no I, I actually spent a few months in that industry and uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't for me. Uh, for me. Well, like, what was your experience in the industry? Uh, I worked in a studio um, as a as an intern. Just okay. knocked, knocked on the door and I said, I, I think maybe I got the I gave up early to be honest. Um, uh, I got I just got the wrong person, um, but basically treated me like a slave. Really? Like, oh, like for the beginning bit, I thought this is part of it. This is what you got to do. You got to graft, and then after a while, like, no, nah, he's, he's taken, he's taken a minute. <laughs> He's taken a bit. He's got me like dusting. He thought, yeah, you <laughs> dusting. I'm cleaning the studio. I like started off by like you know uh, arranging stuff. Yeah. Cool. And he's got me like cleaning. I was like, I don't know. I think he's taking me a little bit. No, no. Do you know what? I feel like I don't. I feel like everyone kind of has to go through that period, however long that is, of someone taking the mic a little bit. Because I had that. I remember yeah. I had that when I was in. Um, I think I went to a train station, and I remember the guy saying, "I have to sweep the stairs." Come at a train station. Yeah. And and I'm working on the platform anyway. So at the, anyway, everyone yeah. has that, that 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 period in your life. You decide how long you, you're going to be there for. Yeah. So cool. So what would you then advise anyone that's out there that's finished school, perhaps college, and their parents, especially people in the black community, their parents are saying, you know, you need to get an education, go to university. But you're obviously obviously saying that it wasn't great use of your time so what would you advise in regards to their decision making process what factors would you say they need to factor in 
in making that next step decision? Good question. Um, I would say look at what you like at the time, first of all. That's, that, that's a good place to start. Look, look at what you like, look at what you enjoy doing uh, and also look at what you're good at. Mm. Um, because what you're good at, even though it might not be enjoyable, can possibly take you in, in a long way and get you into certain areas and open certain doors. Mm. So look what you look at. So look at what you're good at. Look at what you're what you like doing, um, and try lots of things. You know, you're probably still young. You won't really know what's out there until mm. you go and try. Mm. Try lots of things. Um, save your money. Try not to not, try not to spend your money as much. This as This generation, it's hard work. Yeah. we need Gucci and Louis and everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, really apparently, that's what they didn't. They well, it's, it's pushed in your face these days, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like you have to go and get those sort of things. But yeah, try and save your money as much as possible, uh, or spend it on um, bettering yourself and your on your mm. education, on experiences um, mm. that might take you to the, to the next step, mm. uh, courses, all that sort of so, um, all that sort of stuff. So invest in yourself. Read loads of books. Like, you know, when I was growing up, it was physical books. Yeah. You know, just got all the, we ain't got no excuse anymore. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's on your phone, audible, that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, and just educate yourself on as many things as possible. Use your like late teens and, and, and 20s to try as many things as possible. Mm. Um, that, would be, that would be my advice. If there's something specific you want to do, mm. you're saying if you want to be a doctor, uh, mm. a lawyer, then uh, it won't be easy, but it's pretty straightforward in terms of what you need to do to get mm. to that to that point. So in in that in that sense, going to university is 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 the best thing for that, mm. and doing mm. the course is the best thing for mm. that. Um, but I just remember there was one guy in my school, and uh, his dad, I think his dad was an, an investor or some sort of stockbroker. He didn't go to uni, um, so at sixteen he got him an internship. Obviously, you know, his dad can help him out with that sort of mm. stuff. But he got him an internship at, at an, an investment firm. And by the time he was like, by the time I had left uni, in debt, he was like, he bought his own family home already, probably on his second really? home. Yeah, and he, and he had he had money in the bank, and he and then from that stage he had like five six years worth of experience. Do you think that that was an isolated situation, or do you think that's a culture difference? Um, or nothing. You might not think either of those actually. I've given you two boxes. Like, Maybe may a bit of both. Um, Maybe at both because that type of person, I know that his sort of peer group were in similar situations mm. to, to, to the point of being a, maybe a, a cultural thing. Um, but uh, also possibly isolated in terms of his dad just happened to be in that, mm. that, that field to, mm. to help him out. What, what, what were your other kind of friendship influences like? Did you grow up... Um, I guess, with people that were super ambitious and encouraging and supportive? Or was it a thing where you, you know, you just, yeah. My group of friends are very encouraging and supporting. Okay. We're a tight-knit group. And we're, yeah, we're very, we cheer each other on. Uh, I must say, like, I've been very lucky in the, in who I've chosen to be my friends. Mm. That was another thing that was drummed into me from early, from my mum's mum, my nan. Mm. Um, probably more than education to from what I can remember mm. it was choose your friends wisely because mm. they, yeah, they yeah, you, yeah. you spend more time with them than anyone yeah and they and they can influence a lot of your decisions like especially when you're young and you're, you're developing you're and yeah definitely so um, my group of friends are very um, supportive and I would say that we're at similar levels some some are um, like myself are more enterprising mm. um, some are career driven so building their way up mm. in, in their career. 
um, and some are uh, blue collar, white collar workers, um, right. and earning earning good money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's go back into your recruitment career. So yeah. you decided to get into recruitment because of influences from your now wife and your yeah. father in law. Yeah. Um, what was that process like? So getting your first job in recruitment and like, what did that look like to you? Yeah, um, it's a good story actually because uh, it got me thinking from when we when we first spoke mm. about that story. So I um, was in search marketing. So for those who don't know that, it's like PPC, Google, pay per click, that sort of stuff. Mm. I used to do that for an advertising agency in, in the West End um, and and all their clients. Um, and I'd had enough of that job. All right, I was only in there for like seven, eight months, but I had enough of that job. Why? What was wrong with it? Uh, it was very isolated. It was slow, not very dynamic, um, and wasn't much growth right. for me. Okay. Um, in, in that specific agency, mm. I was the only person, so I couldn't go any higher because I'm going to, I'm going to do replace mm. myself. So I think. Um, so the, the the story is basically I decided from the advice of, of my wife and, and father-in-law to go into recruitment. Had no idea what space. Um, just barely knew what they sort of did in the two years. Mm. Um, but I had no idea what sort of space I wanted to go into um, and, and on where to start. So I obviously was doing digital marketing. Mm-mm. And in fact, an agency got me that position. Mm. So I thought, you know, I do I do this. Let me see if I can recruit for people like mm. me. So just jumping across the desk. Um, so Google recruitment agencies um, sent my CV and got a got quite a few. Basically, everyone I sent my CV to, I got a meeting or interview with. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but they all said no for similar reasons. The main reason was um, not enough. You didn't have any experience. Yeah. No, it's no recruitment experience. So we haven't got the um, the um, facilities to, to to train you. Basically. Yeah. It was rubbish, but I will get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there, and I used to sit next to um, accounts payable. Mm. Yeah, just I mean that just shows you that like, I'm. Marketing's over there. Yeah. I'm in marketing. I'm sitting next to accounts payable. It just shows you that. That's weird. Yeah. So you can sort of see where I was going with that. Yeah. Um, so I was, and I became really close with the, with the accounts payable guy. And mm. um, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually paying an invoice for this agency. Why don't you try these guys? Mm. So I like the look of them, called them up, had a chat with them, uh, the MD on, on the phone, mm. who's who now mentored to me, actually. Mm. Um, and had an interview with him. Um, and, and these other two founders and they was like yeah we'd love to have you on just make sense for you to recruit people like you mm. you know what you're talking mm. you can speak their language mm. all the other recruitment stuff we can we can I agree we can but, sort of train yeah. up and she, he said like from the way you're talking mm. I feel like you'll pick it up anyway mm. but the main important part is you can talk the uh, the candidate's language mm, mm, that mm. you're recruiting for so mm. yeah I started off as a as a saucer and what I was saying to you about how it's interesting that all the other agencies said, and they were similar sizes. Some were bigger agencies, some were smaller agencies mm. at the time. So the people that were like one and two man teams, I understood because they, they got a focus on, they can't yeah. really take a trainee on at time to, because time away from their billing is, is money to train yeah. me up. And it'll probably take me like three, six months before I start billing. Mm. The other agencies uh, who are larger scale, no, no, no excuse really. What, what, what my point is, is that they could see from my CV mm. I had no recruitment experience. Mm, but they still spoke to you. Say again? Yeah, but they still spoke yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. So then why, when they spoke to me, were they like, no. They heard me on the phone. Mm. Then they met, saw my CV, met me on the, heard me on the phone, and then they met me. 
so let's let's address the elephant in the room like yeah. what do you think that that reason is because i've had the same thing as you by the way mm. as well and yeah i've definitely had the same experiences yeah so tell me well, even to the point actually you know i've I spoke about this in my solo pod- podcast but when i went for a lot of jobs in recruitment they taught me to final stage so it's like they wanted to get like a check from every single person in the business before signing and it's like do you put everyone through a nine stage process mm. this is like this yeah. is ridiculous so yeah what what do you think it was um well, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it at the time at all mm. just over my head yeah yeah i just kept going and going and going um i don't think i, I matched their criteria um and they're probably thinking what i would look like in front of their clients Mm. And the clients at the time is um, uh, old boys club mm, agency mm, world, mm, mm, mm. so maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, and it's funny, the mm. agency that gave me the job mm. were minority owned. That's and that's amazing. Yeah, that's so rare as well. Are they the only ones in London? Or, they're the only or, ones that I met at okay. the time. At the time, yeah. There's um, probably more now, but there's probably more now, yeah. But that that is so rare yeah. as well because like i'm sure you had it in recruitment where clients were shocked to see you you as you as well i had it when i worked in event sales mm. um <laughs> i used to sell event tickets to people in like germany and yeah, <laughs> like yeah. france and then when i used to meet them at the events i promise you it was strange there was one in particular from sweden i'll never forget her and we used to chat all the time via email and i was keeping her warm and you know we used to chat on the phone and kiki when she saw me she just she was like looked at me like who the hell are you yeah and it's because I'm going to say, it's maybe because I was a black girl, yeah. maybe. And I was quite young and she was really thinking, who, who, who is this girl that just sold me these tickets? So, you know, it's, it's difficult though. Can you, do you think there's any way that we can ever prove discrimination at hiring stage? It's, it's so difficult because it's so not in your face. It's, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so not obvious. Mm. that you only sort of realise it when it's when you put everything together mm-hmm. like I said I, I, I probably interviewed with well, I don't know close to eight, nine, ten agencies yeah 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 that's, that's ridiculous and they all gave the same yeah. reason and like I said there was one and two man teams where I thought okay mm. and there was big big you know some of the biggest d- uh, digital recruitment agencies at the mm. time um where you know they even had internal recruiters recruiters and had training teams inside mm. so you know it was a uh, the excuse was not valid in mm. in my eyes so um yeah i think we can look at data points and you know those sorts of things to see and and put them together but it's yeah it's you can't you can't prove it prove it do you- do you think that having worked with clients mm. as well, do you think there's a way that you can try to minimise discrimination in the process? And what type of things would you recommend to minimise discrimination? From a recruiter's point of view, mm. so like even when I'm recruiting... So when you're recruiting with a client and you're coaching them through the process, is there anything that you think you can do to... Um, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to go in blind in a way. And... Um, like not looking at things like names that might give a certain background mm. away um 
location that might give a certain background away mm. um you just you just kind of have to be open to 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 everyone um is that what you tell your um clients i'll be honest with you no i don't why not uh, because i'm the one doing the recruiting so but they interview them no they interview them but i i haven't had um I haven't had a, 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 a case where they've gone, no, no, no. And it's been obvious to me why they're saying no. Oh, is it? Yeah. But okay. I think it's because I've built that trust with my clients, whoever I'm working with, right. that whoever I'm giving you, just know that they're good. Yeah. No matter where they come from or what they look like. Right. Um, and, you know, I would probably stay away from companies where you go in there and it and it all looks the same because recruiting yeah. for them is going to be difficult anyway. Yeah. Because they're very closed-minded and they're just, uh, they're just recruiting people who look like them yeah. and when I say people who look like them it doesn't, doesn't mean colour either it means also um, style culture yeah. everything yeah. like I know some people some clients I've come across some employees that have come across want a certain university and yeah all this sort of stuff but it's not necessarily want a certain university because they um, they, they they did they breed the, 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 the good people mm. It's because that's where they've come. They basically just want people like them in their in their in their company. Yeah, because they know they do a good job. It's a bias. Yeah. So they yeah, think. They, yeah, they think everyone from that same uni mm. who did the same course um, is going to be just as good as good as them, and they won't yeah. be open minded to other areas. So have you have you had that before with clients? I, I have had that before, and I've also know people other like my peers and colleagues who had that as well. And how do you deal with those clients? Uh, eventually, it kind of it kind of blows up for the client because mm. they're if the, if the recruiter at the time is 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 fairly known and sort of scared to say something, mm. then it sort of blows up in the in the client's face because they can't find anyone. Mm. Um, other than that, the way you deal with it is you tell them you mm. you got to be open. You mm. got to be open. Like your 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 office floor is going to look everyone's going to look like you, and that's not you want not what you want. Mm. You want different skill sets to bring to bring different areas to your business mm. and doing different areas of success of your business mm-hmm. um you want people to push back on you and people who can push back on you are going to people mm. will be people who have come from different backgrounds with different skill sets mm. to, to bring new areas to your to your business and focus do you feel like people of color or people people from from underrepresented backgrounds mm. who are in recruitment positions have a responsibility to educate um, hiring managers, or do you feel like it's not everybody's responsibility? They just do, it's just just do their job and and that's it. What's your I think view? It's, I think it's everyone's. I think everyone's got a responsibility, whether you're a person of colour or, or not, to make sure that you're bringing in uh, you're bringing, you're, that you're being inclusive and you're bringing in a diverse work- workforce. Mm. I don't think it's up to the person of colour in that mm. office. Mm. You know, when everything's like kicking off about um, diversity and inclusion mm. in the industry. And now it's on everyone's agenda. Agenda. Yeah. Um, you can't just look around the office and go, right, who, who's a person of colour that we're going to get to do this? Mm. It's not. It's not their responsibility. It's also not their responsibility to be the person to educate you. You can't look at them and be like, well, you know, come on and educate us about mm. your. your mm. um, it's 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 your responsibility to go out and educate yourself. You can ask questions, obviously. Mm. That mm. person's open to it. But you can't look at them as they are now going to be responsible for that area mm. and to educate the whole business because they are a person of colour or they are a minority or they mm. are female. Mm. Um, so 
it's I would say it's everyone's responsibility mm, from mm. hiring managers to colleagues. The thing is, the reason why I ask that is because obviously I haven't worked with various clients myself. And I don't know if you've had the same thing. I find that there's a lot of hiring managers that just have an unconscious bias. Like it's embedded in them. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel as someone who is from an underrepresented background, I feel like I have a responsibility to educate them on their biases. So for, for, for example, I will get um, hiring managers saying to me, you know, we need someone that can just fit in the team, you know, that can just be, just have a fit. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. And I, and I always probe on that and say, they, they write it in feedback and emails. And I say, no, we're not using that word fit in mm. because we're just going to just be adding to something that's the same. Like we're going to create the same thing. Yeah. So, but I, I see a lot because I, I also do observations on other people's recruitment styles and everything. And sometimes people don't call it out. They just let it slide because they feel like, oh, it's just a minor thing. But yeah. it actually isn't because it no. factors into the type of candidates they let through. In the long term, yeah, if, if, you, if you let it carry on, you look around the office and everyone looks the same or yeah. everyone's from the same place uh, and bringing the same experience. Uh, Apart from everyone looking the same, what do you think some of the the negative effects are of having everybody from the same background in the workplace? You're not bringing anything new. Mm. You're not bringing anything new. So, you know, let's take, let's take um, kind of out of it and, and, and put in an experience. So let's say you've got hiring an engineering manager mm. um, and he's or she specifically works in healthcare, for mm. example. Um, and they want, and all they want is people from a healthcare background because mm. that's their background and that's what they know. And so they, they feel comfortable with it and it's just unconscious bias, like you said. So if someone's got healthcare on their CV, they has to be an automatic tick in their head because mm. it's, it's like them and it's something they're comfortable with. Mm. Um, so immediately those people are a step above everyone else um, that, that comes in or, or applies. It's taking that out of the situation and being, look, not healthcare, finance, mm. but he or she ticks all the other boxes that you're looking for and in fact that element of what they do can bring this to the table yeah 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 do you know what I mean yeah um so it's just being open to like that and diversity helps companies be more dynamic mm -hmm. in more ways than you can imagine mm. um and by bringing other industry experiences and other backgrounds in into a company there's new ideas come in mm. um like cross industry cross channel so and that's, that's all positive stuff. There's not really any negative. Mm, mm, mm. So how, I guess, how did you find, so going back to your career journey, mm. how was it having ethnic minority bosses, by the way? That must have been... Brilliant. Like, what's, what, what difference did it make to you? It was a lot more comfortable joining a new company with uh, the people that were steering the ship looking like you. So they could... It just made me feel more comfortable, especially mm. if you're trying to move up in their career. It was like, well, if they're up there, and yeah. they're like me, then I can do that yeah. as well. Do you know I mean, when there's when when someone at the top doesn't look like you, yeah. not like you put them on a pedestal, but you kind of put them out of your, I don't want to say out of your league, but they're in a different area. You, you feel like it's unattainable. You feel like, like it's a little bit yeah, unattainable. Yeah. Um, whether that's unconscious or conscious, like, do you know what I mean? You kind of put them out of, mm. out, out of your out of your out of your line mm. so having someone that looked like you there's two Asians and one and, uh, and uh, one guy from the Caribbean background 
I um, love that. Yeah, so it was it wasn't just all black or all Asian. It was a it was a, a mix. it was a nice mix and yeah. they came from working class backgrounds as well, which is which is important mm, as well. Mm. It was important to me because that's, yeah. the, that's the background that I came from. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of and they were young, so we we're all uh, similar age. So there was a lot of relatable things in there mm. um, for me specifically, mm. um, which was. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time at that company. Yeah. Mm. So, kind of going on, um, this is a question I ask all my guests, actually, in regards to just being a black man mm. in, in London. Mm. What advice would you kind of give to other, um, I guess, young black professionals that are entering the workforce? What key things should they kind of consider when going into any working environment that might get into creative or corporate whatever it is yeah. what key things would you advise for them uh, to get ahead I take it just to get ahead and to, to be successful in whatever they're doing as a black person because I feel like it's slightly different it's getting better but it's slightly different yeah I mean things have changed definitely from mm. when I started you know I'm I'm a few years off Forty now, and ah, <laughs> you don't look it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm a few years of 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 forty now. So when I, you know, twenty years or almost, mm. and things have definitely changed. Mm. So I would say now, you could you can you can be more of yourself now, mm. and it's appreciated. Mm. When I started, you kind of had to fly under the radar a little bit or fit in a little bit mm. to get ahead. Mm. And then once you've got to certain areas, you can let more of yourself creep in if mm. you haven't lost it. Mm. Um, but, but now you can be more of yourself. So I would say to young guys and girls coming up now is don't be afraid to, to be yourself. Mm. Don't be afraid to stand out. Don't be afraid to um, say what's on your mind, mm. speak up. You know, don't fly under the radar as much because you feel like it won't be appreciated, mm. um, or you might get labelled. Um, it's more acceptable now mm. as a person of colour, as a minority, as a mm. as a as a female, to do those things and be more of yourself mm. than it was back when I started. Um, that would be the, that would be the the, the main advice. Um, that I would, that I think I would give, because mm. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people now still going into the workforce, um, are, are maybe still holding back who they who they sort of really are to fit in. Yeah. You know, and you know, certain mm. industries will have like certain cultures, like you know, the advertising world. When I was recruiting for it, there was a certain culture of like drinking. Um, and that having, still exists. I know it still exists, <laughs> but ha, or ha, having to get involved in all that sort yeah. of stuff to, to get ahead and get in that club. So I mean, mm. um, but I I don't think that's needed as much now. Mm. Um, just doing a good job is is the best thing. Yeah. So focusing in on your craft, become excellent at your craft, um, and then it doesn't really matter who you are. If you're mm. good at your job then it's, it's fine. I feel like with the, when I think back to the drinking culture, um, I feel like, and I could be wrong with this, back when I was in sales, that was obviously a, a huge part of the culture. It was very laddie there. Mm. Um, 
they tried to do it to get us to bond because that was their bonding activity. Yeah. So that that was their way of um, bonding. So if you were to have your own big corporate organisation, you know, uh, say you, back in the day, you ran digital gurus, what type of things would you encourage to get everyone to genuinely bond together? Or do you not think that's important? No, it's, it's important as a company. Mm. builds mm. culture. Mm. Um, and, you know, what was so great about digital gurus when I worked for it, it was... It was a mixed bag of people, mm. um, but they managed to get everyone involved in certain things, and mm. everyone found their group. Mm. It wasn't just like ninety nine percent this culture, mm. and if you don't fit in, then you, you know you're not you're not part of it. It was mm. different groups of friends that got involved in different things, and um, so I don't think I would do much different to what they did in terms of building culture. Mm. Um, I think they did an excellent job at it. And it's something that's always stuck with me. Mm. And like, if I was to go on and start my own thing, I would definitely take parts of what they did and mm. and do that. I think they listened and paid attention to everyone's individual personality, mm. um, and made sure that you know they did things. So like, if, you, they, if they had like a, a like a lunch club or reward thing, mm. it wouldn't. I, I knew in there they wouldn't make sense to go out and do something that they enjoyed, whether that would be drinking or a party or whatever if the people that have done the lunch club uh won it mm. they knew they wouldn't enjoy that so they would do things that sort of catered for them for them basically yeah which made them feel included yeah and that they don't have to then go and fit into uh whatever they found yeah uh, or, or, or deemed fit for, the, for their culture yeah which yeah. Was, that's what i mean it was, it was they did things for individuals it was really great and i i remember um when i started they one of the conversations I had, they asked me what I liked. What did I like doing? What sort of things did I like? Um, and then that in itself, just those, just those questions mm. makes you feel wanted mm. and that they're listening. And then, you know, they would take that into hand and if you did well, maybe he would or she would uh, give you something off the memory of what he, you told them that you liked. Mm. Um, so you build a good relationship, I feel yeah, like. They build, they yeah, they built one-on-one relationships as well as building company-on-one relationships. Mm. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the things that I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so right now, um, as we know, mm. on loads of companies' agendas, it's to get, get in more yeah. people of colour and all, mm. all of that. Um, what would you advise companies to do? Because I consult with companies as well and talk to them about how they can best attract people of colour in particular I can't talk about everything else mm. I can give them advice but I could, I've, I've built strategies for people of colour but what type of things would you say to companies to say okay this is how you attract this group um, you know mm. it could be anything just starts at the top mm-hmm. it starts at the top um, and it's everything from what does your your board look like what does your executive team look like then what does your managerial team look like they all look the same, mm. and then you're trying to get people. Now you, you, you they all look the same. You're like, oh, shit, they all look the same. Mm. How do we get? Uh, how do we get diversity in? Mm. Someone seeing that they all look the same is not gonna really want to join that and be the first of whatever um, whatever group you're trying to get in. So I would say, look at the top, look at the executive team, look at the management team, see if any changes or not change, like get rid of someone to put someone in, but mm. hire in that space first. Mm. See if you can get you know, a diverse workforce in that space first and then the rest sort of follow. And then look at your employee branding. So then look at what sort of impression you're giving out to the public. Mm. 
your marketing material, your pictures that you're using, does it look inclusive? You know, if if I'm a, a, a female engineer, uh, a black engineer, do I want to join a company whose marketing is all faces that they look like mine? Thing is, sorry, on, on that point, mm. some companies actually currently have a very non-diverse workforce. So then would it then be putting out a false pretense if they were to put out pictures of a mixed group of people online? Yeah, I think I think it would. They don't necessarily have to put then put pictures up until they've got it. You can use you can use talk around what we're planning to be. Where mm, mm, talk mm. about your focus. Agree. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to put you don't need to put pictures out. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. if you've got pictures out at the moment, what do they look like? Right. You're, got you. you're employing Bryden now. What does that look like? Mm. If you know if you haven't got a very diverse workforce, then I then I wouldn't put the pictures out. I mm. would talk about if it was me and I and you know. Let's just say all my company were black men. Let's spin it around and say mm, all my company mm, were black men. I'm like, oh, we need we need we need some women in here. Mm, we need we need um, people of different colour in here. Mm. Um, and if I'm trying to attract that, I wouldn't put a picture of all us. I would talk about the focus. Yeah, we want to become, um, mm. and this is what we're doing to fix this or mm. fix it but what this is what we're doing to become the company that we, we want to become this is what's mm. important to us these are our values this is our this is our mission mm. promote that stuff because people mm. want to see that as well mm, mm, mm. um so yeah that's what i would do um if i was leading the company and then again it, it will start from the top okay cool all right so let's talk recruitment style again a little a little bit yeah what would you say some of your biggest kind of successes so far in your career are? biggest successes in my well at the agency where I first started, going from uh, a sourcer to leading, a, being a billing manager of a team uh, in a fairly short space of time, I would say that was my... How long did that take you? Uh, about three years. That's good. Say, about three years, yeah. That's good. How did you do that? What 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 um, tips for those that want to progress? Like I said before, I, I, I focused. I, I became good at the craft. Um, right. I became very proactive. I did things around recruitment so I did things before I came a team leader that a team leader would do mm. uh, so I did like I did budgeting mm. um, for what a team would look like mm. and I showed that to my boss at the time mm. so if, if you're if, if someone did that mm-hmm. and you're a boss and some and you're looking at maybe promoting someone or even hiring a team Don't lead, stand out stand out yeah so Agreed. I think those sorts of things help mm-hmm. so, and that's what I that's what I did so I was very mm. proactive uh, I'd probably say one step ahead. I looked at what my company's doing and maybe positioned myself into certain areas. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just became, I just became good at wh- what I did. I wasn't amazing, by the way. I wasn't really. Like, uh, I wasn't a million pound biller. I wasn't. Uh, I would. I would actually say I was a, a fairly average. average biller, but I was proactive with things around it, and I showed, um, you know, I showed skills. Um, in other areas. In other areas. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and in fact, that's what I was told as well by my boss. That that's, that's what counts though sometimes, you know, because I remember, uh, again, I remember back to when I was in sales before recruitment, I was scared I was going to get fired one day because there was like maybe two, three months where I didn't bill mm. anything. <laughs> like, has and, bad, no, but that was, it was mad. And that was the type of company where 
every week they're firing someone. Mm. So I'm like, oh, what's keeping me? <laughs> you know, I just kind of held on to it. And every day, Bobby said, morning, everyone. Hi. Even though I wasn't building anything. So what like, what kind of key things do you think, apart from the fact that you were focused and you, you did things that was proactive, is there anything else like where you're not perfect at your job, but anything else that you would specifically say, work on this or do this? Me specifically, what? It, in, it could be generally, in general. For recruitment. Uh, for recruitment, for yeah. For recruitment. Um, um, well, this is an area that I'm not good at, is attention to detail. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a so identify your weaknesses and then and work at your weaknesses. Um, so yeah, that, that's that that's my biggest weakness. Attention to detail. Same as well. Yeah, I hope I don't have to, have to get a job after this because. <laughs> <laughs> no, same because especially because I feel like recruitment is so fast paced. You're like quick, 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 quick. You've got multiple things going on. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to detail, um, and one of the one of the biggest things I I got told, and I think has been the key to my success, and especially in recruitment where it's got a bit of a bad rep, mm. is is to be nice mm. just just be nice mm. to people and put yourself in their shoes you know things like oh the recruit never got back to me and all that oh stuff. yeah if you i know it's hard sometimes you've got a thousand things going on and sometimes it just takes a free word email but it's so appreciated by the other side if you just yeah. pay attention to their feelings and be um be supportive towards them um uh, and and yeah, um, show some empathy, mm. you know, to their to their situation. And like I said, it doesn't have to be anything big. It can just mm. be a, a quick email. I'm still mm. here. Mm. Sorry, I haven't got back to you. Mm. All that sort of stuff. Mm. That, that counts. Just be nice. Goes a long way. Because so many situations where I haven't placed someone, but because of the way I treated them, they give me all their referrals. Yeah. Or they become hiring managers and they give me. Mm. I remember the, I like oh, you didn't place me here, but I remember the way you. you you treated me uh, and so I want to give you mm-hmm. over the person that yeah that treating people well goes a long way mm. like I I can't express it I agree with you mm. I remember I had the same thing I had higher managers that used that called me there's even someone that calls me to like you know to today in general just to chat and I never hired with him <laughs> Like we had, he gave me loads of roles, yeah. and I never hired any of his roles. And I was thinking, why is he talking to me? Because I guess he just wants. He yeah, I mean, likes yeah, how yeah. I am. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a relationship game, and then if you're nice, you're building a yeah. relationship. You're building yeah. a relationship with them. Um, and it, and it's even better if you do, if you if you deliver. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, people remember people. People remember that, that deliver, and people will remember people that are nice. But if you deliver, if you delivered, but you was horrible, yeah, they it's, won't work it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it makes a big difference. Even to be honest, even on the other side now. Now I work with recruiters. I think about the recruiters that I work with, um, as well. Because some surprise, you'd be surprised to know there's some recruiters that I work with that are not actually very nice. And I'm thinking, I'm you're a client. I mean, I'm a client. Sorry. You should, be nice to me yeah. at least fake it yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> my, fake but it. some of them don't yeah. it's crazy but anyway back to your um so your, your journey so after digital gurus what did you do after that so i left digital guru so uh, i i kind of got to the, the roof where i could go at digital gurus mm-hmm. um at that point when digital gurus they, they grew more and i do think there could have been extra places where i could have gone mm. uh, and so my the, one of the bosses who I talk to regularly likes to tell me as well. Um, so I left and became a 
solo recruiter, recruiter for hire. Okay. Um, the, the idea was to sort of build an agency for, for, for myself. Mm. Um, but the way it just went, I just, I just, I just, I just stayed by myself. Mm. Um, and then just, I just enjoyed that journey basically, just working mm. with different clients. Sometimes on the contract, sometimes not, or just yeah, having a, a variety mm. of clients to hire. Okay, okay. Yeah. Same space. Yeah, okay. What what some of your favourite roles to hire for and levels? Um, back then, I used to love recruiting uh, across social media, so social media marketing managers, okay. social leads, heads of socials. Okay. Back then, it, that was they were good gigs because I just found people who worked on social media um, super friendly. And interesting and to interesting. yeah to speak to yeah, yeah. okay so yeah. for for those that want to make that that transition into you know marketing really well the PPC SEO social media all of that yeah. what advice would you give to people that want to make that transition so they're already in their careers doing something that could be in anything random because I get those questions all the time how do I transition into a different career what advice would you give um, not just not just going from one to recruitment. No, so it could be anything into marketing, actually, in particular. I get a lot of questions about marketing. Um, If you're something specific, like marketing, educate yourself. Mm. So many things out there that you can, books, courses. Mm -hmm. um, If you're you're employed at the time and you want to do something uh, on on the side, in the sense of educating yourself, then there's so many books you can pick up, so many audible books you can pick up, so many courses you can do to just get that, you know that, that arsenal of wealth behind you in terms mm-hmm. of knowledge um and then go and do maybe things for like friends or small businesses yeah. like just get something done yeah um and then when you feel comfortable enough to start maybe making a move um obviously you won't be able to walk into a, a high job in terms yeah. of in terms of level yeah. you might have to take a few steps back mm. which i did to get into recruitment by the way really yeah. what financially basically, financially basically halved my salary because uh, I forget, I started. I was, I was, I was head of search at an agency. So you must have really wanted it for you to take that step back. Yeah, well, I really wanted out of that job. <laughs> I really, really wanted out of the job that I was in. Yeah. Um, my 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 partner at the time was um, was working as well. Mm. Just no kids at this time, so mm. it was just me and her. So we could take that sort of that sort of risk at the moment. Mm. Um, and I started as a as a, as a saucer. Um, so it was commission but not recruiter commission mm, mm. um and the yeah, the salary was was low so mm. um but I'm that to, to my point you know that that's a sacrifice that you maybe mm. have to make but it wasn't too long before I'd matched what I was on before and then yeah. and then then some yeah um so just just bear that in mind that there might be sacrifices needed to be made to make that mm. make the jump but yeah self education is where I would start mm um, and then try and network if you can. Make some contacts in that space. Speak mm. to people who are in that job mm-hmm. where you want to be. Mm. Talk to them about their journey, how they did it. Mm. Uh, they might be able to give you advice. They might have to point you in the right direction. They might even be able to give you a little job. Might be able to give you some work on the site or something. Mm. Um, yeah, so just do basically. Just put, get your foot in there. For those that don't know how to best network, mm. what advice, especially in today's day and age where there's a lot of things um, available online, and I think network networking has changed even in my time from when I first started doing recruitment I'm about to give in a CV test like looking for CVs on Indeed versus now which has probably been more of like a LinkedIn yeah. so how so how would you best recommend networking in this day and age when people aren't really going doing that when people aren't really going out because of 
I mean, in general, like now, because people are going out now, but it's not as much, mm. I think, as it was pre-pandemic when it comes to networking. How are you best network? So I would find areas, spaces, groups, uh, and this can be online, mm. where people who you want to be like are there. Okay. So let's say you want to be, you want to be in marketing, mm. you want to be in digital marketing. Um, I'd find groups online that have like meetups and stuff like that, mm. and and then right, it might take a bit of pushing yourself to actually get out and go there, you know, take a friend or something like that at the first time you go uh, to a physical meetup. That is, mm. um, but find groups of where these people are, and also you know, there, there will be groups out there where it's people like you trying to get into a space. Yeah. Um, there are seminars people give to groups of. Uh, people who are wanting to are new to a space and get into a space mm. and that's a perfect place to network because you're networking with people like you you find out their story what they're doing mm. you might be down this road doing this and they might be down that road doing this but you're going to the same place mm. so there might be things you can learn off each other also the people that are giving the talks as well they will give you um, ideas of where to go and what to do and that sort of stuff mm. um, so find people like you in terms of the, the uh, where you want to be mm. where are they mm. where are they hanging out online and offline and then find groups where people like, like you are on the same journey and find out what they're doing mm. um, and, and, and go to that space yeah um, you've got to be proactive with it you've got to yeah. put yourself in situations you've uncomfortable got, you've got situations as well but that's the only way you're going to sort of yeah. move forward yeah yeah network is always a fu- <laughs> it was a funny one with me because even though I run a network, this is a whole a network, Black Create Connect. But I always think to myself, like, I don't want to come across like a big. Yeah. <laughs> like, even even when I put the message out in the Black Recruiters Network, that's what that's where mm. myself and Adrian met. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to come across like a big. But really and truly, I just want to connect with other people. But your, 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 <laughs> ask, your ask was a big ask. It was... Mm. Um, I'm I'm doing this. Mm. Would you like to be a part of the journey? Mm, mm, mm. I wouldn't say that was a, a, <laughs> a, a big ask. It was, it was kind of like I'm doing this regardless. Do you, do you want to be do you want to be a part of this? You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, it, and in a sense, it could help your. Yeah, exactly. So that, if I was trying to boost my my personal brand, stuff yeah. like this would help. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a big ask. Yeah. It wasn't like you came to me and said. <laughs> Do my podcast for me. Set, set, set it all up for me. Yeah. Host it for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Show, tell me how to do it. That'd be wild. And then be a guest. <laughs> so it was, I'm doing this. this. Did you like to be a part of it? Yeah. 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 That's that's one, one thing I've learned, actually, um, in, my, in my career so far, is that people respect it when you come not just with an idea, but also you're proactive, like you're actually doing something about it, especially in working environments as well. I had to learn that quite early. I remember I had so many ideas like in various workplaces, whether it was for recruitment career days or whatever it was. And the bosses always just be like, okay, well then just do it and Mm. we'll support you when you do it. Like, but it's your idea, so do it. It's just, yeah, it's just just words at the moment. Yeah. Just talk, let's let's see something. Yeah. I guess it's going back to the point I made about, uh, I was doing things around the job. Exactly. And to be honest, most of the time I didn't actually, I wasn't actually thinking about getting into that job. Yeah. It was just, I was just being, I was like, there's more to it. There's got to be more to this. To this, just every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So let me look at how can I so obviously I was in search marketing yeah 
so I took the idea of doing search marketing for the agency. Mm. No agency was doing it at that time. Oh, our, really? Yeah, I remember, like, no one had um, no one had paid adverts. She was making digital gurus money. Uh, yeah, in a mm. sense, I was getting them. I was getting them candidates, mm. a certain amount of candidates every month coming in through through paid marketing, and I remember doing it. And no one, no, we didn't really have any competitors. After a while, obviously, they start, yeah. start coming in. Um, but it's that sort of, right, what else can I bring to the table? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you show, you show your worth through that, for doing those sorts of things, and well, people will push you forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I guess as like a kind of wrap-up note, is there... I don't know if there's anything you want to you want to plug. You're you're a recruiter. You're not available for, for work though, because because no. <laughs> you're working at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but just keep me in mind maybe, <laughs> for the future, um, and, and ignore the bit where I said I'm an average recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> what, what average what's your speciality roles for anyone out there that is looking as a candidate? Yeah. So what what roles do you specialize in? I specialize in uh, back end engineering. That's a that's a jump from search marketing to yes. Yeah, so no, so I start. So I'm what twelve years in now. Yeah. So I started in search marketing. Then I did. Then I went into social media. Mm. Um, and then tech. I did start just doing tech roles. How was it going into tech? Because I remember the first time they tried. They tried when I was um, working at an embedded business. Uh, they tried to put me on tech for like like a week, and I said absolutely not. I said, I do. These people are too boring. I cannot have a conversation <laughs> with them. I, I find tech in general interesting. Really? Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I find technology interesting anyway. So I have an interest in talking about it. Um, I know you mean around engineers are a certain type of people. Um, um, not, not too dissimilar, I guess, from um, search marketers in terms of type of people they are you're right yeah so yeah um yeah so i have a genuine a genuine interest in it anyway um yeah so technology to jump into technology was a fairly simple one so and again it was just again educating myself on what's what and and learning on the job quickly Mm. um and picking up thing picking up pace that way what's the best way you learn about tech uh, reading for me, I, I read on, online okay. most of the day and just reading about new technologies that's coming through, talking to people, so talking to engineers mm. about what they do on a day to day basis, what technologies mm. they're using, what new technologies are coming out, mm. what projects they're working on. Mm. You know, as a recruiter, you're speaking to candidates day in, day out. You'll pick mm. before you even know it, you'll pick up stuff mm-hmm. and you'll be telling engineers stuff. <laughs> in your candidate stuff that they yeah. haven't even heard about only because you've been speaking to so many yeah. people from so many background areas and companies <laughs> work on different projects and yeah a lot of a lot of recruiters that I've you know come to know and be close friends with a lot of them are really smart people yeah purely through conversations conversations yeah. they know so much about their space yeah because you know if an, an engineer is working in a company I guess they just know their company Mm. And and their colleagues, and they might mm. do some outward out um outside reading and and, and learning and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But uh, I think the best type of learning comes from doing and talking to people, and that's what recruiters are doing day mm-hmm. in day mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know some recruiters that will know what's going on in like you know um, some you know, area that no one's even heard yeah. Of and, and you and you know where there's fishing pools like so with I guess with 
this network and with other networks that I'm a part of, sometimes I'll get like a a plug saying to me, oh yeah, people from this company are all leaving. So I'm like, okay, that's a hunting ground. Or if I hear that, um, I don't know, there's a sell happening for a certain company so there could be potential of like you just you kind of get when people just pass on information to you anyway yeah um but yeah you're right and I, th- I think recruiters are the p- first people to know what's going on in, the, in an industry yeah. um after the actual company itself or yeah. and after the actual company is producing a new technology itself yeah. recruiters tend to be the first people who and whether ones also like spreading spreading the news spreading the rumors and you know, have you heard of this? Are you doing this? Are you working on this? Yeah. Someone so is working on this. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Um, so we do more than just yeah. Get Honest, honestly, like I feel like sometimes <laughs> working internally, I've actually been, I've actually had to break down my responsibilities and what what I've I bring to a company sometimes because they just think you just find candidates and throw them. No, we have to give you sometimes market analysis about what is happening. You know, with salaries mm. and what's been offered out there like what people are really moving to companies for mm. what what you know what's really what's really important to them and what people want to learn when they come to a company there's there's so many different elements i'm i actually remember when you said um you have to speak to people to kind of learn what they're doing i remember my first role that i hired for i didn't have a clue mm. <laughs> i didn't have a clue what that job was yeah. What they did, I think it was like a paid search, um, a paid search manager or something like that. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like, what do you do? And I somehow figured it out. And as time went on, I started to understand the function, the functions of a paid search manager and PPC and SEO and all of that. Mm. But you're right. It's and that was all through conversation. I wasn't as proactive as you. I didn't read really. <laughs> <laughs> but you can pick all, you can pick all that stuff just through through conversations and, um, you know often or not the recruiter will be the gatekeeper to the company you'll mm. be the first point of contact that people speak to, mm. to re- so you're the, your recruiters are often not the, the face of a company 100 yeah because you're the first person that you know a new a new candidate a new employee talks to yeah so yeah we're important people yeah, yeah we are just for those that don't know we're very important. I feel like I haven't looked at the camera for a little while because we've been talking to each other. But um, but yeah, it's been a very recruitment-led chat, but very still very insightful and I think helpful as well for listeners. So thank you, Adrian. No thanks, for, uh, thanks for inviting me down. And this is his first podcast, by the way, so I feel privileged and blessed to have no, you no, on here. I appreciate that. Yeah, it has been. Thank you so much, guys. And I will see you all on the next episode. Take care. Bye. Bye.